Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Another edition of the Prospects and Props podcast. Chris Schuber, Jamie Eisner here with you once again on the show. A little quarterback roulette here, a little quarterback battle royale as we debate Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud when it comes to some particular QB props when it comes to these rookie quarterbacks for 2023. We've got the most regular season passing yards, and I believe we also have most touchdowns as well uh, as passing touchdowns as the two props that we are lasering in on today. Yesterday we did the wide receivers. Check that out if you missed it. We did yards and touchdowns for those uh, that group of players, and today it is Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud. And, Jamie, I think we follow the same script as yesterday's show. We evaluate these situations, and then we can give uh, our predictions, our guesses as to who will win these awards. Let's start with the guy who's the number one overall pick, the Carolina Panthers' new quarterback in Bryce Young. And, Jamie, this is all about the coaching staff for me. The biggest plus for Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud, at least in year one, is this electric uh coaching staff that has been put together in Carolina that is going to have this team I think competitive is going to have them playing a version of football that is very similar to similarly to what you see across the National Football League a coaching staff that inspires confidence that they're going to come into every week prepared Uh, it is my biggest takeaway from this Carolina Panthers team I think they are very improved in the coaching uh, in the coaching ranks for 2023. Yes, and and it's a very offensive coaching staff, That's which right. is a little that, bit of a, yes. the dichotomy between that and what we'll talk about with Houston. But yes, Frank Reich, Thomas Brown lead the way uh, in Carolina, and this is going to be a really interesting team this year because obviously Bryce Young, and deservedly so, uh, has gotten a lot of the attention this offseason, but they've made a few key additions to this roster on offense beyond Bryce Young. Obviously, we've talked about DJ Chark a little bit. We've talked about Adam Thielen. Uh, they took Jonathan Mingo in the second round. But they also took they also got Miles Sanders, yes. which I think is really shout, flown Jamie. under the radar. Good and and Miles Sanders had probably the most the probably the best season for a running back last year that nobody's talked about. Uh, he really had a strong season last year. Gets re uh, re uh, I guess there was a little bit of crossover. Was there? I'm trying to remember if there's a little bit of crossover at one point with with Frank Reich, but. Um, Regardless, it's going to be a situation where this offense is in a strong position to be successful. Now, they don't have a two wide receiver one. They had to trade away DJ Moore to the Bears in order to make that number one pick happen so they could get Bryce Young. But they've got some guys that I like there. I I think Adam Thielen, when healthy, still has enough in the tank to be a complimentary piece. DJ Chark, again, when healthy, can be a premier down the field threat. Uh, I'm not. I, I just can't quit Terrace Marshall Jr. Can't do it. We, we, so, we'll I can't. Do it. I, I just. I love the talent. I love. I love the body size at the position, and it came on a little bit late last season when he was given the opportunity. So I have some hope that he can be successful. Uh, I randomly saw myself watching some Jonathan Mingo highlights uh, from last season the other night, and he's a really a, a tremendous talent. As is Lavisca Chenault. Uh, they brought in Hayden Hurst uh, at tight end. So Tommy Tremble's still there kicking around in that tight end room. They brought in Hayden Hurst at tight end. And so like, I really, uh, so I really like a lot of the things that they've been able to to do with this offense uh, uh, along with the coaching staff. So the question is going to be, which I think this is undoubtedly 
as much as I just, you know, joke hashtag Houston's wide receiver core, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. This offense as a whole is better positioned for success this year for Bryce Young. The question is going to be is how much are they going to need to rely on Bryce Young's arm in year one? Now, this is still not a very good team. This is still a team that's going to be throwing plenty and it's going to be behind in games some. But they've got other pieces. I think Chuba Hubbard's looks like it's going to be the short yardage guy. Miles Sanders is going to get a lot of work. And Frank Reich is not afraid to run the ball. How often is Bryce Young going to get the throw? But for an overall situation where you look at players, personnel groupings, scheme, coaches, Bryce Young's in a pretty solid situation here in Carolina, even yeah. in year one. Yeah, and I love that uh, it doesn't necessarily directly impact what we're talking about here, but I think a defense is going to be able to keep them in games. Now, that can cut both ways. If they're in games, maybe they rely on the run, but if they're in games, they are going to try to win these games. They're going to ask Bryce Young to make those plays for them down the stretch, and so yep. that gets me really excited. And again, is it a outstanding wide receiver group? No, it is not. Uh, tomorrow on the TDN Daily Podcast, a cheap plug, I am ranking all 32 wide receiver groups in the National Football League, and I haven't done a ton of the work. Uh, spoiler alert, Cincinnati's going to be number one on the list. Other than number one, I've got 31 other spots that I'm still trying to fill out. I don't know where Carolina is going to slide in. I don't think they're going to be that high up there, but they're also not one of, I think, the bottom 10 in this league when you look at this group. Again, Adam Thielen, probably at this stage of his career, a really solid wide receiver two. DJ Chark, a high upside wide receiver three. Jamie mentioned we are not going to quit on Terrence Marshall yet. Jonathan Mingo is a player that you don't know what he's going to be just yet. LaVisca Chenault is a really cool player that you can utilize in some different formations. He's a weapon. And you got to think Frank Reich, Thomas Brown, what that offense is going to be able to create on a regular basis. You think they're going to be able to use players like that. And so that's what gets me excited is I think there's there's more room for creativity here, Jamie. And I think that create creativity can flow through the quarterback who's going to be able to make some plays, and they're going to move them around the pocket, and they're going to do a lot of stuff. They've got a pretty decent offensive line. A year two of Ike McWanu on the on mm-hmm. the left tackle, protecting the blind side of Bryce Young. I think they've done okay um, fixing the interior of that offensive line. I think it's going to be a solid group. I don't think it's an above-average group. I think it's a solid group. Uh, that's important as well. So I like this group overall in Carolina. Yeah, and I think when you talk about Bryce Young, what, what was the overwhelming trait that people liked? It was the, the above the next stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it was the processing. It was the ability to handle an offense. And I think you put him in that offense with Brown, with Frank Reich, and I think you can have a lot of success. And you can probably do a little bit more complicated things in that offense than you normally would be accustomed to with a rookie early on because of his background and because of how quickly Bryce Young can adapt here. So I'm really excited for for what Bryce Young can do this season. Again, we're, we're not talking about him throwing you know, 30 touchdowns or anything, but I, I do think he can have plenty of success in Carolina in year one, even though they're not fully ready for the full rebuild to be done yet. They don't have all of the pieces. I'm sure they would love to add another, you know, in the future, a, a wide, a true wide receiver one to this offense. Even if a guy like Terrace Marshall can step up this year, I still think he could use another player of that nature, but uh, I like what they have around him. And, and I don't, if Bryce Young struggles as a rookie, it won't be because the Panthers didn't put the pieces in front of him needed to have success. Uh, let's do the Houston Texans next and talk about C.J. Yeah. Stroud's situation because I think there's going to be some some debates between the two of us here uh, when it comes to uh, this group. Uh, let's start with the the playmakers, Jamie. And uh, this is your soapbox. You can yeah. I, you don't have to wipe the dust off of it because it's right there. It's right next to you. You've used it quite a bit here. Uh, over the uh, the last couple of weeks. We've got Nico Collins. We've got John Mechie. We've got Robert Woods. We've got two draft selections from this past year's draft class and Xavier Hutchinson and Tank Dell. We've got Noah Brown. 
Those are probably your top six options. Amari Rogers is there as well in Houston. He was pretty decent when he got there uh, in the latter part of the year. So that is the group of playmakers for for uh, C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. Yeah, I mean, look, again, not, not a murderer's row uh, of talent, but they've got some decent pieces there. And, and I won't recapture my entire rant about this that we did from uh, last week's episode, but uh, I'm really excited for what they have if everybody is there. And by everybody being there, I mean John Mechie also uh, being healthy enough to play, which it looks like he's going to be. But, you know, I, I think Robert Woods is a really shrewd, underrated uh, addition to that team. Uh, I know he's not, not what he was a quit, few years. You can't quit Robert Woods, can't you? Can't well, do no, it. it's just that he's nah, a really solid veteran player. You don't he's a do really don't solid – He's a really solid veteran player. Uh, I'm excited about what John Mechie can bring. Nico Collins, I think, is poised for for a breakout season. Uh, I'm, I'm, he's going to be given every opportunity to have a ton of success. Uh, I think the Dalton Schultz signing makes a lot of sense. Oh, what a home run them. signing that is! Home run uh, signing. Just again, a premier pass catching yep. tight end uh, for this offense is something that they've sh- sorely needed. And I think they were hoping at some point that Brevin Jordan would have grown into that role. Uh, it hasn't quite happened yet. So I think that's really good. And they brought in two rookies that I'm excited about, and Tank Dell, Xavier Hutchinson. And even Noah Brown had some success when he was thrust into a starting role for Dallas last year. So they have some pieces you really like, and you really, really like the offensive line. You know, Laramie Tunsil, Kenyon yeah. Green, Shaq Mason, Titus Howard is, is a really solid line. Uh, we'll see if, if Scruggs is able to, to earn a starting role at center as a rookie. But th- those pieces there, even with a defensive-minded head coach, those pieces there are, I think – close to what you've got in Carolina from just a talent standpoint. Now, offensive scheme, you know, Bobby Slowick versus Reich and Thomas Brown, I think there's a there's a gap there. But in terms of just talent level, I don't think if you include the offensive line in this yeah. conversation, I don't think it's that far off. Although I would like to see um, – I would love to see like another pass catching back here because Singletary and Pierce don't really catch the ball a ton. Um, and I don't think we were going to see a lot of, uh, I don't think you're going to see a lot of snaps for Dario Gumbawale there, uh, even if he does make the roster. So I, I think I wish I would have had that element in that RB2 there, but I, I kind of like the pieces here. Like, again, no elite option, not an elite offense, but I think serviceable. Like I don't think, it, I don't think the weapons are going to hold CJ Stroud back as a rookie. Uh, it's funny, Jimmy, because you, you kind of you, you read my mind without knowing where I wanted to go. I wanted to compare the two situations here for these two quarterbacks, and I think wide receivers are pretty close. Again, like I mentioned, I haven't done the wide receiver uh, room group breakdowns yet, but I figured these two teams would be pretty close. Offensive line, I think you give the strong edge to Houston. Uh, tight end, I think you would give the strong edge to Houston because I think Dalton Schultz, um, for what the way that offense is going to work, we know how San Francisco likes to use the tight end, uh, and Bobby Slovak is from uh, that tree. And running backs, Jamie, I can tell you how I rank these two teams. I have Houston as the 20th ranked running back room in all of football, and I have the Carolina Panthers 21. So it tells you how closely uh, I feel these two teams are uh, in that regard when it comes to their running back room, but I do give Houston the slight edge. And so when you look at that, Jamie, do you put more stock into the better overall pieces and talent around a quarterback, but not the offensive system that you would kind of give the edge to? Or do you give the edge to the offensive-minded head coach and system that you think is really going to bring bring out the most of the players, but maybe not as good of a group? That is the philosophical debate that we get to have here for the remainder of the show. And I'm going to add a third option in there. Uh, there's and a third option? Those- there's a third option. There's a third prong to this argument. Okay. Uh, it's the second time you've think, used that phrase with me today. 
Oh, it, it is. You used to have a meeting yeah, earlier. So, so a little bit, little, yeah, yeah. We had a meeting today where, where uh, I told Chris everything that sucks about him. So uh, we had that. And I, I, clearly I had three, at least three things. Third prong. third prong. No. Um, and, and I think this is a discussion that's going to come up a lot as we continue to tease our shows for the month of June, which, which we're really excited about. This matters for when we're not talking – when we're talking about objective goals versus a subjective evaluation. And what I mean by that is, and that's a lot of fancy words to say, we're looking at specific particular stats versus whether or not this player was quote unquote better than another player. And the third prong that matters here is volume. And I think that's going to be potentially the difference maker because when we're talking about the bets that we're about to get into uh, from DraftKings on, on rookie passing yards, rookie touchdowns. And it's literally just a comparison between these two. They didn't include Richardson or Levis or, or anybody else. It's just Because they knew two. I would just say take Anthony Richardson and prosper. Probably. Um, but I, I don't know if the betting market would have done that. And I don't know if I would have taken passing yards for Anthony Richardson. But that's – we'll have we'll have this debate. What We have a whole – we have multiple days of quarterback yes. talk coming up. So don't yes. worry. We'll Next get into week. all – yeah, and, and we've – carved out multiple days for every position so we can really get into the nitty-gritty of some of these players so it's not just going to be the evaluation of top guys but back to this volume is going to matter and my concern with with this is going to be i think there's a fairly significant difference in potential pass attempts between these two teams based on what history tells us and also based on quite frankly the fact that the texans are Neither one of these teams are going to be a playoff team, but I think the Panthers are closer to being competitive right now than Houston. Uh, I have, and I'm going to do some quick math here. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to use one of my three. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't buy that statement. That's, that's, that's a hot take to you. I think you are maybe being a little unfair to the Carolina Panthers in the grand scheme of what the NFC is going to be this year. I think they are going to be in the mix for a while. Oh, I thought you were saying, okay, okay. I thought you were going to say that you thought the Houston was closer to being a No, no, no. I just think you, just, you, you wrote Carolina. off Carolina in a way that I wasn't comfortable with. Uh, okay. Because of their division, I can't write off Carolina. But if Carolina didn't play in the worst division in football. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, Jamie. And I, they play worse, in the and I think South. it's worse than the AFC South, by the way. They play in the NFC South. So they're going to have a very good opportunity to win the division and make the playoffs. But, uh, Okay. If, if, if okay, this so was on, not no, no. a horrible no, division. On. One, so one team's coming out of the. I think only one team's going to come out of the NFC North. Yeah. Unless you, unless you think. No, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. So you think you think only Detroit comes out of the North? Yeah. You think Minnesota misses the playoffs? You think they have the fall back to earth? I think because I think they're going to have to win the division because I, I will have we'll do this again, but I think the NFC wild card picture is going to be. Really interesting, and I'm just not sure Minnesota's going to get there. Two teams coming out of the East? That defense is bad. Two teams coming out of the uh, East? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for okay, sure. Okay, so two teams coming out of Minimum. the East. Minimum. I'm only comfortable with one team out of the West right now. I'm not comfortable with Seattle. Uh, I got to see it I'm again. not comfortable locking Seattle in, but I do think that they're that Seattle is a playoff caliber team. Okay. Uh, and then We'll have one, to do this together. One team out of the South for the moment? Yeah. So okay, uh, so, I, I, yeah. So now, so now we only we only cemented as locks the four division winners and one team out of the NFC East. That's two spots to be made up of Seattle, Minnesota, yeah, I, yeah. the Giants, or whoever finishes second in the NFC South for two spots. 
So, sure, but they, but uh, right now, I, yeah, but right now I think I think Seattle would be in into the into that. I know I'm not counting them as a lock, but okay, I, then there's for still the one, next group. So there's, there's still one spot. one spot for Minnesota, the uh, the Giants, and the Panthers, or the Falcons, if you think they're going to turn. I I would not sleep on the Commanders. I can't. Sam Howell, I I'm I'm just not I'm not there. I I, I'm just I'm not I'm not saying they're great. I'm just saying they're in the conversation. They're in the conversation as sure. much as Carolina's I in think, the conversation. And I think Carolina's in the conversation more. I trust the coaching staff more. I trust the overall talent more. They might have I, a better. I, they might have the better quarterback play next season. They probably will have the better quarterback play. But I'm also very interested to see what Eric Bieniemy is able to do with that Washington offense. That's fair. That's. Fair. I think their defense was has been underrated. If, if the defense gets a healthy Chase Young. And I like some of the different additions they made in the secondary. I, I think they're in the, in that in that mix. But yes, I guess I guess in this case that that seven seed in the NFC is, is open. Yeah, I just and we'll see. I, I thought you I'm were assuming very slanderous to the team. Carolina Panthers that and more more slanderous than I was comfortable being. So that's why okay. I needed to stop you. Okay. I, I, used you one, compl- compl- I used the timeout. That's what they're for. I, did, no, you used. A- <sighs> I don't know the when timeouts are four filibu- they're four filibusters. They're four sidebars. If you've got one, use them. I can't take them with me to tomorrow's show. I've only got three. Can, can I call a timeout to get you to shut up? So sure. I can make you want to you, you want to burn uh, yeah, one there? Timeout. Shut up. Okay. Next up is no. So well, let's get back, let's get back. Stupid to the, use of one of your timeouts. I'll tell you that much. Passive, you got two left. That, uh, I'm just Todd Graham and baby. I'm going to use them all three in the first half. That's a reference um, that maybe six people are going to get. But I appreciate yeah, but the six it. people thought it was really funny. So. That's all that matters to me. Okay, but let's get back to pass attempt difference because I looked at what Frank Reich's offenses have been, and they are very, very balanced. He runs a balanced offense. So in terms of number of attempts pass versus rush, I have about a four pass attempt difference per game right now between what I project Carolina to get and four additional pass attempts for Houston, partly because so they're not going to have Almost 70 passing attempts over the course of a season at 68. And, and – and yeah, and so when I go look at what I have right now for Bryce Young and see just on my projections, I have about, I have 536.52, so just say 537, pass attempts for Bryce Young, I have 601 for CJ. So it's a factor. I'm not saying that that you only go with the volume, but I'm saying it's a factor because oh, I think I think there's a very good chance that a on a per attempt numbers that Bryce Young will have the highest numbers in both passing yards and passing touchdowns but volume matters and again i'm assuming both players play a full season because i have no reason to project injuries for either one of these guys right now so that's where it adds a little bit level of complication for me when i'm trying to make this projection is that okay we're talking about nearly 70 additional pass attempts in my mind that cj shaw is going to be afforded that bryce young might not have when we're talking about total passing yards and total passing touchdowns here now We'll get into my actual numbers here in a second, but I do think that's worth considering because you have coaching staff, you have talent around them, and you've got opportunity. Mm-hmm. And volume equals opportunity, my, and that matters. to evaluate while we're doing this, yep. Absolutely. Uh, the odds for this are interesting. So for yards, it is C.J. Stroud minus uh, 110, Bryce Young minus 120, and it is the same odds for more regular season passing touchdowns. C.J. Stroud at minus 110 and Bryce Young minus 120. So, so Bryce, ever so slight favorite. But they're that's basic, really just they're basically yeah. co-favorites. They're, it's basically I mean, pick, pick, pick your poison with a lot of juice right, right? with extra, not a lot of juice, extra juice. Right. And so to me, Jamie, this comes down to do you think that with those with that extra 70 passing attempts over the course of 17 games, is CJ Stroud going to be able to, to put up the numbers that are going to override Bryce Young? That's the question you have to ask yourself. 
Yeah, and, and I think my answer is going to be, and this is I, this is kind of how I, I work this out, is it's going to split for me in a lot of the same way that it did in the wide receiver conversation. Are you going Stroud for yards and Young for touchdowns? Because that's where I, I am. was going. Yeah, I, I am. I, I'm and, 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 and I do think that the extra 70 attempts are, are a huge factor here. Like I do think C.J. Stroud can flirt with 4,000 passing yards this year. Just because he's uh, going to throw the ball so much. They're going to be down – uh, they're going to be a down lot. a bajillion. They're going to be down and, like double digits late in the fourth quarter of all these games. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. And, I love what they're doing. I think D'Amico Ryans is a great hire. I thought they had a great draft. Like, I, I'm not trying to talk down the Houston Texans, but look at the defensive roster. They're going to struggle while D'Amico yeah. Ryans gets to set up. And if they don't, that is a credit to his coaching. But to me, I see a lot of games where it is late in the fourth quarter and they're down like 31 to 10 or 28 to 7. And they're just slinging the ball all over the place. And those cheap yards, it might not lead to those backdoor touchdowns, but those cheap yards that C.J. Stroud's going to just be able to pile up late in games, I think is enough. And again, I think there's also a couple other factors that play into this as well. And and, and I know there's, again, I'm firmly of the belief that organizations can tank, but coaches and, and players don't. But... I think there's, a extra, there's two extra incentives here that will, I think, keep Houston fighting to the bitter end, even if they're down two, three, four scores. And it's first year coaching staff. So they have a lot to prove and they have a lot to instill in their team of they got to be able to make sure that even through rough times that they can win that locker room. Two, you got a young quarterback that you want to see and put in different situations for when things really do start to matter for you in a few years, you hope. And three, I think you also have the incentive of you don't even have your first round pick anyway. Yeah. There's literally nothing. There is no benefit to tanking. There's literally you win as much as you possibly can. For there's both literally of these not a shred of thing for the organization, for the players. For the, there's literally no incentive anywhere inside that organization to do anything but try to win games and just do whatever you can to put up numbers. Hold on, this is for, that's bo- for both happen. of these teams. For both yeah. of these teams, there's zero incentive. They don't have a first round pick well, this year. I, well, I also don't think the Panthers were going to tank. Like, but, I, I think, like, we're talking about Houston in, in the – we're talking about Houston's pick in the sure, number one pick conversation. If, we're not talking about that for Carolina. But if things go sideways for Carolina and they struggle in year one of all of this, yeah. late in the season, there's no incentive. They're still going to sure. try. And so that's a that's a thing to have in your back pocket. Sure. I just don't think the Panthers are going to be as bad as the Texans, and neither do you. It just, no, it's, I, I, it's right. something I think that they're going to be in the mix for a playoff spot more than likely. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I have Stroud projected for 4,058 passing yards uh, I, I do think he's going to be able to cross that mark with that volume again I, I we talked about this on the show a few weeks ago that I, I thought he had one of the rare opportunities for a rookie to throw the ball 600 times and, and that's kind of what I have for him right now touchdowns are not going to be quite as easy for him to come by uh, I, I think even though there are some pieces that you like I think Damian Pierce is going to get a lot of work uh, in the red zone yeah. and Ultimately, again, it's easier to pile up yards than it is to pile up touchdowns in these games, especially when they are throwing late. Yeah, I'm, I'm in full agreement with you. I've got Stroud on the yards, and I've got Bryce Young on the touchdowns because, again, I think Carolina is going to score more points, whereas I think Houston's going to do a lot of that garbage time stuff throughout the course of this season for them. Uh, that's just how I forecast their season going. Uh, that's it, Jimmy. We've made our predictions for this. We've got a takes on takes edition of the show tomorrow. So do yourself a favor, get your takes into the show. If you're a member of the TD and premium discord, you can do so by dropping them in the takes on takes chat. And I will tell you, we've got some spicy, hot food takes. And I'm not talking like the, because the food is hot, the takes themselves are hot and they're about food. 
That is what we are going to have tomorrow on the show. We've got your football takes as well. You can drop them in the Takes on Takes channel of the TD and Premium Discord. You can also tweet them at me on Twitter, at Chris Schubert underscore. You can tweet them at Jamie, at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. Please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. If you've done all those things, if you've checked all those boxes, share the show with a friend. Please tell a, a coworker, a loved one, somebody that you think would enjoy this. I hated this. one. This banter, I hated one, as Jamie likes to, to point Whatever, out from you time know? to time. Whoever you want Some to share this show with. people don't have loved ones. Yesterday it was an imaginary friend. Today it's a hated one. Whoever you want to share this show with that you think would enjoy uh, this banter, this conversation, this insight into the sports betting and gambling space, please do so. We would greatly appreciate it. We are back again tomorrow for Takes on Takes. Hope everybody has a great rest of their Thursday. Talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.